This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. Inside Story on BFM 89.9. Good evening, this is Sharmila Ganesan and Sharad Kutin. Today, the Electoral Reform Group Bursay launched their Vote Local campaign. The campaign seeks to increase voter turnout for elections. Um, but we have with us in the studio Thomas Fan of Bursay to tell us more. Yeah, we're also going to be talking about voter turnout and running a clean campaign with the upcoming state elections and asking you for your questions. Have you seen something that you thought was an election offence? Do you want to check if it was? You can call 77332900, tweet us at BFM Radio, send us a voice note or WhatsApp at our U mobile number 018789 This is Inside Story. It is 6.09. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. Um, so, as I said earlier, Bursay has launched their hashtag vote local campaign. Um, and essentially, the um, point there is to increase voter turnout for this upcoming state elections, as well as to encourage out-of-state voters to return and vote in their respective constituencies. Yeah, this comes on the back of a fundraising appeal uh, for electoral monitoring activities, including mobilizing and training some 89 election observers. The focus of this work will be to monitor election offences and hate speech in 61 hot seats in the states involved. So, as promised, we are joined in the studio today by Thomas Fan, chairperson of Bursay. Thomas, always good to have you with us. Thank you. It's good to see you live in person. Yes, I know. Many, many Zoom calls later, finally we meet in person. Um, Before we get into the topic of uh, clean campaigning, let's look at Vote Local, right, which you just launched today. Why is voter turnout particularly crucial for the state elections? Well, it is uh, important for any election because in a democracy, we have this wonderful opportunity that a lot of countries don't have where every citizen above 18, you know, uh, can have a say in who represents them in parliament or state assembly. And democracy is only meaningful if there's participation. And so uh, for us, one of the things that we do, other than monitoring election, is really to try to push for a high voter turnout, especially this time, when uh, state elections are decoupled, separated from uh, the general election. Yeah, if I could just uh, track backtrack to the question of monitoring, you were trying to raise funds for it. Uh, Thomas, I don't know how well it's going. You had a target of some 60,000 ringgit. Uh, maybe it's a time to do a little bit of promotion <laughs> for that. Uh, but tell us, w- why monitoring and why the 61 hot seats? Yeah, so um, as I say, you know, moder- monitoring election is is something that uh, is our, you could say, our core business. Because I think um, there is a need for uh, independent observers to basically look at some of the issues on the ground and uh, to uh, pinpoint if there are shortcomings or flaws or election offences so that at the end of it, uh, people can evaluate for themselves uh, how clean or how dirty that uh, election uh, was and also a lot of the feedback that uh, we contributed over the years, together with other monitors, of course, uh, have actually contributed to the 
uh, improvement in the conduct of elections. Uh, that's why I, I, I always say that, uh, in fact, Brussels came about simply because there was so much problem in the conduct of election uh, that up to now, the last two election cycles, uh, we don't get a lot of complaints even from those who lost the elections. So I think uh, this is what we do uh, when it comes to uh, election, uh, monitoring uh, elections. Does the Vote Local campaign come with on-ground initiatives to drive voters to come out to vote? What do you think works in this regard? Well, I mean, uh, I have to confess that the Vote Local campaign, which is a campaign that we just launched uh, this afternoon, in fact, just a few hours ago, uh, is really to try to push for higher voter turnout in this state election. Because from our data, state elections uh, normally... um, about 10 to 15 percent less than a general election, uh, the, the turnout. So if we had 74 percent for G15, uh, if we don't do anything or nobody does anything, the turnout may be under 60 percent. And uh, though the election result will be valid and uh, whoever get elected will be legitimate, uh, a, a good participation, I think, give a strong, a stronger mandate, I think, to the, the government elected. So we basically uh, focus on uh, getting uh, a high voter turnout uh, with this uh, vote local uh, campaign. It will be mainly, I confess again, that uh, it will be online, social media, working with uh, the media organization. Uh, because of the, the short campaign period, we, we can't really do a lot on the ground, plus our very limited resources as well. But Thomas, can I ask you if, if in fact, the Election Commission also uh, has as its remit uh, in in a high voter turnout, doesn't it always say at the start of a campaign period that this is what they're looking for in terms of uh, the end result of an election campaign? Yeah, I mean, uh, of course, uh, we uh, uh, Election Commission always will set a target. But my question is that what are we doing to achieve that target? Uh, a lot of time when it comes to the G, I think it's really the, the the momentum was generated by the political uh, situation the country was in. Uh, there's an urgency and, and people are self-motivated. But state elections are a bit different. You know, voter turnout are lower simply because people don't see state election as as important as general election. And uh, I think there are good reasons why people perceive it that way, simply because state governments uh, in many ways uh, have, doesn't have as, as much uh, power as Putrajaya. Uh, the concentration of power over the years in Putrajaya has meant that um, state government has almost become redundant or irrelevant. Uh, but we want to point out in this vote local campaign a very important function of state government, and that is they appoint the local government or local authorities. So if you don't have a good state government, you may not have good uh, local authorities to collect your rubbish and manage your local business and local development. So a part of that, of course, is convincing people to go back to their hometowns to vote. Um, And it's always been a challenge, right, getting the out-of-station voters to return. Do you think enough support has been given out uh, this time around to uh, out-of-state voters? 
Uh, no, I, I think our, the, our state voters will make the effort, as we saw during the last two, uh, three general elections, where we, we hear ama- amazing stories of citizens organizing themselves, uh, hiring buses to, to help people to go back to vote, and even raising money for those who cannot afford. Uh, they have to believe that it is important. And I'm afraid that so far, I don't see much uh, emphasis placed on that other than uh, I think this state election has been framed as a national referendum on the unity government at the moment. And sometimes people say, already done. We have done the election a few months ago. Why are we voting again? They don't even understand why we're having these state elections. We will be back after this to continue our conversation with Bursay Chairperson Thomas Fun. But in the meantime, um, keep your questions or your comments coming if you have questions for Bursay or um, a topic that we're going to pick up on after this, running a clean campaign and election offences. So if you've seen something that you thought was an election offence, if you want to check if it indeed was, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Bombing frustrated minds. BFM 89.9. It is 6.18. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. We are joined today by Thomas Fan, chairperson at Bursay. And we're talking about um, what they hope to do with the upcoming state elections, including uh, Vote Local, running a clean campaign. So if you have questions for them, if you've seen something that you thought was an election offence and you'd like to check, you can call double seven double three two nine hundred, Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018 double nine tweet us at bfm radio thomas um let's kick things off on the side of things by um hearing about bursay's machinery for the upcoming elections where will you be placing your focus and resources yeah so we are monitoring uh, 60 uh, state seats uh, across the the uh, six uh, states that are having elections and altogether we have uh, 89 volunteers uh, that have uh, come forward uh, to that to monitor, so our criteria basically we are looking looking at uh, hot seats, marginal seats, or seats that are contested by uh, leaders, the menteri besar, uh, incoming or outgoing menteri besar. So where where there's a lot of uh, uh, priority placed on this, simply because uh, if there's going to be any cheating it probably would take place in all these uh, marginal, hotly contested seats. So uh, our, our team has uh, selected these seats uh, so that uh, we can be on the ground throughout from nomination day until polling day. I want to ask you about that because one of the things that you are interested in is hate speech. Does hate speech, uh, is it likely only to con- uh, to occur within uh, those uh, 60 contested seats or could they happen anywhere else? Well, I think it's happening nationally because uh, whatever uh, was said at the Chirama is always uh, reported uh, nationally and is carried and in, it does influence and impact uh, all voters who are involved in this election. So yes, uh, I think hate speech is a uh, concern because uh, not only is it an election o- offence under Section uh, 4A of the Election Offences Act, but uh, we see the uh, damaging impact of hate speech 
You know, elections come and go, but uh, the impact uh, of hate speech will remain with the community and people are polarised uh, as a result of what was said to win votes during elections. So um, I do want to actually extend that conversation to clean campaigning, but I thought we could address this question that comes up quite often. Um, this is from Jackie, who's asking, how do we solve political and election fatigue? I'm not in the mood to vote. No mood to vote, actually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I mean, we, we perfectly understand, you know, what we went through the last few years on top of the COVID was all the political uh, machination and, you know, yes, people are tired. And we just had a, a general election 10 months ago. Um, but voting, uh, uh, as always, we say, uh, is very important simply because your vote does matter. Don't forget that it was our vote that basically pushed this country on the course that it is. Uh, some say for worse, but some would say, yes, we are making progress, slow but steady progress for change. And people who should be held accountable are in jail today simply because we came out to vote. Now, let's shift our attention to the question of clean campaigning, and it seems a lot of people are interested in that. Um, how clear and distinct are the guidelines uh, about what is and what isn't pro uh, allowed and what is prohibit prohibited? Um, and is it actually based in law and can be enforced? Good question. Yeah, you know, I think there's two, two areas here. One, uh, I will start with those that are based in law. So we have quite clearly uh, the Election Offences Act 1954. So there are many sections in that law that deal with vote buying, uh, intimidation, undue influence, treating. So these are quite clear spelled out uh, in, in some details. Um, so those, those are enforceable by law and there are consequences of fines or even jail if you violate them. Then you have... Uh, other areas that are not covered by law, including the Election Offences Act, for example, the role of caretaker government, you know, these are uh, regulated, not even, I wouldn't say regulated, but uh, there are certain guidelines issued by state secretary or the chief secretary during election on what they can or cannot do. They cannot use official car, for example, they cannot... Uh, run, announce major policies or give uh, allocations when they are in caretaker mode. But for this particular six-state election, we have another phenomenon, and that is that you have a federal government uh, that is not in the election but actively involved in the election campaigning, uh, and they are not in caretaker mode. So their hands are not tied at all, even by any guidelines. And I think that is uh, the challenge that we're facing. And Bruce actually came up with uh, three guidelines uh, to, to suggest to the federal government on how they should conduct themselves. Well, actually, a number of people are bringing up um, something related to that. So Adi, for instance, is saying, so is the DPM's promise for more allocation if their coalition is voted in? Is that okay? Well, you just say the word if. And that's a violation of the first uh, guideline that we came up with. We, we call it the three C's. Huh? So you have the three R's, but we have the three C's. So the first is no conditions should be attached to any promise 
uh, made by the federal government because you are the federal government. Whatever the outcome of the state election, you are still the government. You can fulfill it. You must fulfill it. So in this case, Zahid clearly uh, put a condition. You will get more if we win. Uh, and I, 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 we issue a statement uh, to, to, to slam that and say that that is clearly violating the principle of uh, free and fair elections uh, because he is campaigning using government resources or taxpayers' money. Yeah, so let's, uh, you know, I, I wonder if we could just address another question on the side, really, which has to do with the court election petition, you know, the nullification in Kuala Trungana. Do you think that's going to have an impact on, on how politicians conduct themselves now, knowing that they could actually win and then lose their seat if they uh, do something that violates uh, election laws? Well, I mean, we were quite glad uh, then when the election court, I think to the surprise of many, they... Uh, the court uh, found the uh, the winner then uh, guilty of uh, uh, bribery and vacated the seat because uh, to us this is a very rare occurrence where uh, election offenders are, are held to account because we have been monitoring so many elections produced so many reports and so many hundreds and and thousands of uh, election offences that we witness, uh, not counting those that we didn't witness, uh, and yet so little action has been uh, taken. So there was a sense of impunity uh, up to the point, I think, when the Kuala Trungano seat was vacated. So I do think that uh, uh, the candidates this time will be more careful. Uh, they will still try, uh, but I think they will be a lot more careful in the handouts. What has engagement with political parties been like with regards to raising awareness on clean campaigning? Um, obviously, their buy-in is important here. Well, you know, uh, we, we have uh, for the last, um, I think, five years uh, been engaging with political parties, all sides, uh, in uh, trying to look at how we can update the Election Offices Act. So we receive uh, their feedback and things like that. And yes... Uh, I, I think that is good. But yet when it comes to actual election and campaigning, uh, we, we have seen all sides uh, almost equally uh, guilty of ignoring the election law. Uh, and the reason is really the sense of impunity because so little uh, action has been taken in, in, in terms of investigation and even charging by the Attorney General chambers. So uh, there, there was uh, basically, uh, if they can get away with it, they will get away with it. We will continue our conversation with Thomas after this. We are speaking with Thomas Fan, chairperson of Perse. Um, if you have questions for them, um, we're also going to be talking about, well, we've already started, in fact, uh, election offences. If there's something that you saw that you thought might be an offence, if you'd like to clarify, you can send that through as well. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Be free, Malaysia. BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It's 6.37. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. We're speaking with 
Bursay Chairperson Thomas Fun, um, and we're hearing about uh, their call for clean campaigning um, for uh, voting local when it comes to the upcoming state elections. And uh, we'd like to hear from you as well if you have questions, comments for Bursay, or have you seen something that you thought was an election offence? Would you like to clarify? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred, send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Let's start with a voice note. This is from Vijay. Well, I'd like to ask a question about uh, what Anwar doing during the, this election campaign of uh, monetary handouts like e-wallets and then uh, telling that there will be a review for the increment for civil servant salaries, you know, and then uh, a few cash handouts here and there for the youth society in uh, Trungano. You know, and things like that as uh, election is getting nearer. So it doesn't make difference with other parties, like what other parties are doing. So I'd just like to get your opinion on that. Thank you. Thomas? Thank you for the question. So um, this is, as we said earlier, a challenging situation simply because uh, we have six state elections, but the federal government uh, is not in election. And the question that we have to ask is that, is it reasonable for us to require uh, the federal government uh, who is not in election to also be in caretaker mode? I think the answer is no, simply because uh, what about by-election? If there are by-elections, should the federal government also stop functioning? I think this will be too disruptive uh, for the federal government. So what we did was that uh, we, we recognize that uh, in this election, the federal government has been quite active on the ground, uh, making announcements, including what was raised up just now, the uh, economic package, the giving out of 100 ringgit uh, e-wallet to those who earn 100,000 and below and different uh, handouts. Um, so we came out with three guidelines. The first one is no condition should be attached to any kind of handout or announcement made. Uh, second one is uh, no campaigning. In other words, uh, do not uh, link it to the party, to the coalition. Do not just give the allocation to the states holding election, but to the whole country. And the third condition is no candidates. In other words, when he was making the announcement, were there candidates in this election standing beside him or even present uh, in the function where he could acknowledge them? So looking at all these things, um, as uh, regrettable as it is, the timing of it during the midst of uh, this sixth election, we didn't see that Anwar uh, violated the three Cs. So there was no condition attached. It was given to all Malaysian. It wasn't targeted at the six states and there were, as far as we know, no candidates there for him to endorse. But it's different with Zahid. Zahid uh, went to Trungano and gave to the youth and he attached a condition that if we win, you will get more. And he also, uh, like I said, it was a targeted uh, allocation just for Trungano youth. If he had made the announcement for the whole country, youth of the whole country, then it's a different matter. So I think uh, uh, these are the kind of guidelines I think we need to to see and 
enforced by the voters. I think the voters are the only one who can uh, punish uh, any violation of this guideline, not any law at the moment. I want to come back, uh, Thomas, if we can, to Shamala's question about engagement with political parties. And she says they're the major stakeholder. If they don't take on these values, uh, your kind of uh, demands for an aspirational level of cleanliness is not going to happen. So uh, the issue, when you speak to politicians, what are they saying to you? Are they pushing back and saying, well, you're naive to think that we're not going to use the advantages we can in order to get those extra votes because everything is up for grabs and it's so serious now? Yeah, I mean, it's quite quite common and normal, uh, whether it's politicians or netizens, uh, they they always uh, think of groups like us as quite naive and not don't understand real politics. But I think we are here basically to, to, to remind people of the standards, you know, of uh, what is the law and what is ethical uh, in the conduct of an election. This is our job. Uh, and... and more often than not, uh, our statements and our guidelines and even the law are ignored by this politician. I always have this uh, uh, thing that I say. It's quite ir- ironical that people who aspire to be lawmakers start off by being lawbreakers. <laughs> So we have been asking people to send in their questions about what might constitute an election offence. We have one from Shamil who's asking if any of the candidates offer duet minya for those coming back to their hometowns to vote, but they don't urge people to vote for them specifically, is that considered an offence? That can be considered an offence. Even if uh, there's no clear condition attached, but uh, the fact that this uh, given by political party, uh, I think there is an unspoken understanding that they hope and expect you to vote for their party. So this uh, would be considered uh, an election offence of uh, uh, bribery, inducement for a voter to, to vote for their party. But uh, again, you know, the interpretation is just mine. Uh, the best uh, platform to interpret this law is actually the court. And for that to happen, uh, these people has to be charged and then let the court once and for all decide whether this is an election offence or not. Yeah, so we have a, a message from Siemens asks, uh, is leaving behind or abandoning flags and banners after an election offence? Uh, it's not an election offence, but it may be a local authority offence. Uh, because uh, when you put up the flag, you are supposed to remove it. Uh, the condition would be that you remove it after the election. But if you don't remove, then the deposit will be forfeited. And that is why uh, every candidate that is running for election has to put two deposits, one with the election commission and one with the local authority they are contesting in simply for this purpose so that uh, if they don't remove, then it will be forfeited and the uh, council will for take remove the flags for you. We will continue our conversation with Thomas Fan of Bursay after this, uh, but keep your questions coming. We are asking you, have you seen something that you thought was an election offence? Do you want to check whether it was? You can call 77332900, send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899, tweet us at BFM Radio.
Break from monotony. BFM 89.9. It's 6.46. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. We are joined in the studio by Thomas Fan, chairperson of Bursay. And we're talking about um, the calls, the expectations that they have for the upcoming state elections. Essentially, make it a clean one. Um, so we are asking you, have you seen something that you thought was an election offence? Do you want to check whether it was? You can send your questions through. You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Now, um, before we get back to our questions, we do have a voice note that is referring to... Um, Thomas, your point earlier about the PM and his recent announcements of um, incentives and so on, uh, this is from an anonymous listener. Stefan is correct. Uh, there are 13 states in uh, Malaysia. Uh, election is only for six states. So uh, I think uh, if the Prime Minister is announcing any uh, any handouts, it's for the whole country, not just for the six states. It's for the 13 states. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I mean, to be fair, there have been uh, arguments made from both sides, I think. Some people saying it does seem like the timing of it uh, looks a little suspicious. But uh, those three C's, Thomas, which you spoke about. Um, now, getting back to the list of questions, um, when we talk about guidelines in terms of um, election campaigning, particularly when we look at online campaigning and how that's evolved, do guidelines have to evolve over time as well, especially as we're seeing more and more of it take to the online space? Uh, most definitely. I think uh, more more, more is happening online than offline now, probably. Because if you look at even the Chirama, they are more or less framed for online audience uh, rather than physical audience. And... Um, the guidelines and even the law, not just the guideline, I think need to be updated to deal with some of these uh, uh, things that we didn't anticipate in the past. Uh, the the role of artificial intelligence, uh, deep fakes and things like that. I think our law are inadequate in handling uh, uh, this evolvement of uh, technology that is coming into our elections. I wonder if we can also address, uh, you know, more generally uh, those grey areas, Thomas, because something seems self-evident in terms of being violations, a bribe and such. But where are the grey areas and what can be done to address those? Yeah, grey areas will be like uh, what we say about the role of caretaker government. Uh, though uh, now it is quite uh, common and normal that when election is called, the state secretary or chief secretary of the country will issue certain guidelines uh, to to the parties contesting. But even this, these are just a very grey area. You know, where where do you can you stop a government from functioning because we have uh, you know one month or two months of elections uh, on? Uh, answer is definitely no. So guidelines uh, are there. But it's only as good as, as the people who bother to comply with it. And uh, we can say that even up to the last general election, uh, Ismail Sabri uh, quite a few times uh, in caretaker mode uh, was openly uh, uh, campaigning 
giving out allocations, grants, and uh, using the budget to to campaign, things like that. So um, I think if people don't bother with guidelines, these grey areas, then we have to make it black and white. In other words, make it law as well, so that there will be consequences. We have a question that's come in from Sharul, um, again in reference to the PM, saying the PM shouldn't be involved with state elections in any way. Is it an offence for the current PM to be involved personally and as PM campaign in state elections? Uh, no, no. Certainly there's no offence there and no law. And I would say uh, it would probably uh, violate the the freedom of a person to, to uh, campaign or to associate themselves uh, with any political party. So um, this election, we can see the PM is very active simply because what's at stake for him is um, the state government that uh, his party has control over uh, to ensure that they still have control, but also the framing of this election, uh, both by the opposition and also by uh, his own coalition uh, as a referendum, as a referendum. And of course, uh, nobody wants to lose a referendum. And therefore, I think that explains the active campaigning that we saw even from Hari Raya, Adil Fitri, open houses in the six states uh, up to now. Thomas, we have a question from Kamal from Bangsa. He asks, why can't parties campaign on radio and television? Very good question. You know, we have been asking for that. Uh, one one of the uh, key marks of a good, uh, clean and fair election is uh, free access uh, to the media, you know, or fair access uh, to the media. We have been uh, calling for that uh, since uh, at least the Malacca state election in 2021 uh, for the public uh, media, broadcast media, print media to give fair coverage to all candidates and party. And it is quite regrettable that the very same uh, party at that time in opposition who uh, decry the fact that they are not given access, now in power, is not given, giving fair access to the opposition. I think this is just a very sad state of affair, which we hope will be changing for the better in days to come. We have Kwan Wei uh, bringing up something actually that we covered on the station yesterday and we got a number of questions on that as well, asking, is the Slango MB cancelling the PJD link considered crossing the line? And I think this comes because the announcement came out um, once elections had already been declared. So de facto, he's a caretaker MB. Yes, uh, definitely there's no question that he is a caretaker Mantribasa. Uh, when he made that allow, shocking or sudden announcement that the PJD link uh, has been cancelled, because up to that point there's, there was no uh, hint or inkling when he was uh, the Mentri Basa that that he was interested in cancelling it. Uh, so uh, we certainly consider that a violation of uh, the caretaker government, government where they are not supposed to make major policy announcement or reversal or make any major allocations. So I think we can only uh, uh, guess that this is done basically to sway voters uh, to his 
party and his coalition, and uh, that we would regard as an abuse of um, the caretaker position. We have a voice note that's come in. Uh, I think we have time for it. This is Chi Hong. Um, <clears throat> Hi, I have one question that's not related to uh, offence, but uh, I would like to uh, know the answers if possible. Uh, is, my, my question is, is that possible that um, Versailles would propose to ban at least political parties to <clears throat> campaigning at social media such as Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, etc. Uh, uh, in the futures, because I don't think that this because this platform is just like you are placing advertisement. You choose your targeted audience, and we all know that the <clears throat> algorithm is. Uh, you can always, and you will always see the content that you want to see and they will keep on pushing you the content that you would love to see as well so it's not uh it's not fair and even though you you can read the oppositions uh the other parties that you don't like uh the videos or the articles it probably also published by the party that you support and most of the time it's already manipulated so uh, this is my question thanks Thomas well I mean I fully understand the listeners uh, concern with uh, social media platform and and what they do uh, during uh, election but we would not uh, want to call for a ban on the usage of social media simply because this is really uh, part of the involvement of uh, our society, uh, of technology. It's like, you know, we could have say well, radio was uh, abused uh, in the previous regime. Television was only for the regime's party, so we should ban television and radio. No, I think the answer is uh, uh, fair access. And also the media platform themselves, I think, need to improve on the way they they regulate uh, the content, uh, that this content are not uh, extreme, this content, contents are not against the law, this content are true. I think that is the way that we need to look at it. I wonder if, if you have thought more about how that would look. Would it be that, because these are private entities, many of them are not even entities based in Malaysia, these are global entities. How do... Uh, how do regulators, how do you know advocates uh, even think through the question of getting fair and adequate representation on something like a Facebook? Yeah, I mean, uh, Facebook uh, themselves have, I think, gone through a lot of criticism, uh, not just from Malaysia, but in other countries in America. And they, I think, over the years have tried to improve on uh, the way they manage political ads and political messaging. Uh, the newer platform like TikTok, uh, we know for a fact that they are also concerned and they are also looking uh, uh, to work with different uh, trusted independent uh, actors, uh, I mean groups, to try to moderate the content. Because what we, we want to see is uh, content that are reliable, content that are not manipulated, 
and uh, or inciting to violence uh, and hate. So uh, a lot of work need to be done, but I think uh, both the government. Uh, can work with this platform, but I don't want a, a government that can control this platform because then we will be going back to the days where authoritarian government can use social media platform to uh, control the narrative. We'll continue our conversation after this with Thomas Fan from Bursi. In the meantime, uh, send your questions through. Have you seen something that you thought was an election offence? Would you like to check if it indeed was? You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us and keep it here. BFM 89.9. Boosting female ministers. BFM 89.9. The Business Station. It is 7.08. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And we are continuing our conversation with Thomas Fan of Bursay, um, talking about uh, the importance of running a clean campaign uh, ahead of the state elections, of course. And uh, we'd like to hear from you. If you've seen something that you thought might be an election offence, if you'd like to check if it was, you can send your questions through. You can call us, double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp 018-789-8899. Tweet us at BFM Radio. Uh, Before we get to our questions, actually, I wanted to ask Thomas... I wanted to ask you, Thomas, this question from Anthony, um, who is asking, what is your gauge of enthusiasm among the public for the state elections compared to the ones that have taken place in the past? Uh, For instance, Johor Omlaka. Has it been easy for you to get volunteers to help you with monitoring, pacha and so on? Yeah, um, I think Malacca and Johor was uh, unique uh, in the sense that it was during COVID. COVID restriction was uh, still very much on, so we did had some difficulty. It was on we only managed to do on a smaller scale. Uh, for G fifteen, it was quite overwhelming from the start. Uh, we asked for a hundred volunteers. We got three hundred uh, applying to be volunteers, and we only chose a hundred. For this time, we were actually quite pleasantly surprised as well. Uh, we um, wanted, uh, I think, about 60 volunteers. Uh, we got about uh, 90, almost 90. Uh, in the end, 89. One had to pull out. So uh, as far as volunteers are concerned, uh, it's been quite uh, encouraging this time. Now, Thomas, uh, a issue, sorry, a warning has been issued by the Slango uh, police to political leaders to stay away from the three R's, uh, race, religion and royalty. Do you think that we'll be seeing uh, a departure from such rhetoric uh, this coming election? Um, you know, I, th- I, I think that is difficult simply because there are real incentives for the parties to use the three R's to win uh, constituencies that uh, would respond to those messaging. So uh, obviously they will try to use the social media platforms like TikTok uh, through third parties to try to get around it. And I think the the the, the danger is still there. Um, and I think the uh, police, there are laws uh, against uh, inciting of hate and violence and all those things. Um, but uh, it's difficult to stop them simply because the incentives are real and power is just too attractive uh, for many of these politicians to refuse. Actually, on that point, we do have a voice note. Um, Ahwat um, has this to say. 
To me, the most serious elections offence is spreading fake information on social media. Often, these fake informations are about the races, and people get easily triggered by these fake informations. Handout may get you the votes, but fake informations may cause disharmony that may have a lasting impact in the community. It is so irresponsible, and I hope the party that spread fake information on social media lose all their votes. Thank you for that, Ahwat. Um, I believe, Thomas, I mean, an, an issue that increasingly, as you said, is becoming difficult to manage because it may not hold a direct connection to the party. Um, what space do we have to address this? Um, you know, uh, the police uh, really need to, I think, keep up with the technology uh, to have a stronger, maybe, cyber team that can track down uh, the content producer of such content. Uh, I think I, I totally sympathize with Ahwat, uh, who probably saw some of this video spreading uh, fake news that are very uh, inciting uh, anger and hate towards another race. So um, apart from the police, I think the social media platform uh, have put up uh, avenues for people to report. Uh, if they come across any such uh, uh, videos, uh, they can easily make a report uh, on this platform and and I'm sure it will be removed quite quickly. We'll continue our conversation with Thomas after this. Keep sending your questions or comments through. Have you seen something that you thought was an election offence? Do you want to check if it was? You can call double seven double three two nine hundred. Send us a voice note or WhatsApp zero one eight seven eight nine double eight double nine. Tweet us at BFM Radio. We'll continue our conversation after this. So keep it here on Inside Story, BFM eighty nine point nine. Bribe free ministers, BFM. 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.15. You're listening to Inside Story with Sharmila and Sharad. And we are still speaking with Thomas Fan from Bursi about uh, their call for a clean um, upcoming state elections. Keep sending your thoughts and questions through. Um, if you've seen something that you thought was an election offence, if you'd like to check if it was, you can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. Thomas, I wanted to um, ask you about uh, something Bursi brought up last month, which was your call for an inter-coalition peace deal between the unity government and the opposition post the state elections. What would this achieve? Uh, political stability. Uh, I think that is something that the country badly needs. We haven't had a stability since the Sheraton move and uh, it has caused us as a country uh, a lot of, uh, uh, I would say, foreign direct investment and also even local population are unsure whether uh, this country will move forward if the government cannot last. So what we saw with the Ismail Sabri government that came in uh, after Muhyiddin stepped down was that he reached out to Pakatan Harapan with the MOU. So we feel that it is important that whatever the outcome of this state election, that both sides need to basically for the good of the country uh, have another MOU uh, for stability. Of course, MOU is an agreement on confidence and supply votes, 
uh, it is it does not mean the opposition have to support uh, every motion of the government. Uh, not at all. Only when it comes to confidence vote and supply or budget votes, uh, they they have to. But in return, the government will accede or give in to the opposition certain uh, reforms or demands that they may have. So I think uh, the country needs this. This government uh, needs another four years to basically restore what was lost during COVID and over the last few years. Thomas, you raise a very important question, but I, I wonder if this your message could be misread as a partisan message. Um, it could be, but uh, we certainly are not looking at uh, one-sided agreement, but uh, an agreement that benefits uh, both sides. Uh, what we want more than anything is a level playing field, that the, the winner does not take all, the loser does not lose everything. As it stands right now, uh, it is still winner-takes-all and the oppositions are not given a fair deal in terms of allocation and even a, a meaningful role to play. Uh, and we want to see that happening so that the opposition do not feel marginalised, but they feel that they can still contribute to, to the country as an opposition in Parliament. Now, Bercy does have a platform for members of the public to report election misconduct. Could you tell us about how the platform works? Yeah, we have a special website called permantau.org uh, where we uh, provide a link to for you to report any election offences that you observe. Uh, you can upload uh, photos or videos uh, so that we can check it out and record it once we confirm that it's an election offence. So this is open to the public at permantau.org. But uh, over there also you can see the list of offences that has already been reported and confirmed. And also uh, FAQ section. Uh, if you're not sure about certain news or certain processes, uh, we do our best in the FAQ to answer those questions. So if we were television, you'd see that Thomas is wearing a T-shirt. It's a vote local T-shirt. But at the back of it, it has an intriguing uh, sentence, right? And if I, you know, I'm going to... Now uh, we're just going to ask Thomas. Yeah, to, Thomas stand up to Jangan complain pasal dash kalau tak undi. And I want you, if you could explain to us, what is the sentiment behind that? Jangan complain kalau tak undi. Well, you know... Uh, People like to complain. Oh, we all do. <laughs> yeah. And especially when, you know, our local services are not looked after, uh, potholes are not repaired, rubbish not collected. We complain, you know, our kopitiam, our chat group and things like that. But, you know, this is the opportunity we have in this state election to do something about it. Uh, if we want better local services, local authority council services, then we need to vote for a better state government uh, because they are the ones who appoint the local authorities. Uh, so if you don't vote, then don't complain. 
<laughs> I think that's actually the perfect point at which to say thank you, Thomas, uh, for joining us today for the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure. We've been speaking with Thomas Fan, chairperson of Berse. They just launched the hashtag Vote Local initiative today. Of course, telling you to vote in the upcoming state elections. Uh, in the meantime, keep your thoughts coming. You can call us, you can send us a voice note, you can WhatsApp us, you can tweet us. BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.